You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I'm looking for two, three, four, five times performance out of the stock warrant than I am out of the common shares. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. Thanks for tuning in. And in today's show, we will be discussing common stock warrants, specifically warrants on these junior mining stocks that we invest and speculate in. Warrants are a more leveraged way in which we can speculate in the resource sector. I have someone with a website and who whose expertise is in this area with me on the line today in this episode. He is Mr. Dudley Baker. The website is commonstockwarrants.com. But before we speak to Mr. Baker, I would like to thank Lumina Gold Corp for sponsoring this show. This is a Ross Beattie company. Ross Beattie owns about 20% of Lumina Gold Corp. They have a 17 million ounce, which is massive, gold deposit in Ecuador. And I was just a couple weeks ago in Vancouver at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference and was in the room when I heard Ross Beattie say that he is going to sell Lumina Gold Corp. He's going to find a major who is going to buy this company this year at a higher share price, he said, and of course at a premium to whatever it's trading at when it is sold. Uh, So that's a pretty bold prediction, but it comes from somebody with a very good reputation as one of the premier mining entrepreneurs. To learn more, go to luminagold.com. Ticker symbol is L-U-M in Toronto. And in New York, you can find it under the ticker L-M-G-D-F. Well, uh, Dudley, thank you for joining me today. And as I was going over your bio, looks like you started off with one of my least favorite organizations, no offense, the IRS. Just wrote a huge check to them. But how'd you go from the IRS to speculating in resource stock warrants. Hi, Bill. Great, great to be back with, uh, be with you. This is the first time on your program. So great, to, great to be here. Yeah, I tell you, it's, uh, I've had a strange journey in life. It's been an interesting one and some that your readers, uh, uh, probably won't give a damn about, but it's like, you know, when I got out of college, somebody recommended said, Dudley, you know, I, I majored in accounting and they said, you know, maybe, maybe, you need to go to work or suggest you go to work for the IRS for maybe five years and then go get a real job. Well, I never left after five years was the problem. So I stayed. Uh, the only thing, the positive spin I put on it is that most of my career, let's say the last 20 years out of the, out of the 30, I probably spent spent uh, on the major uh, oil and gas companies, the, the largest corp in the world is where I was for you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, I was like the coordinator of the audit, uh, planned it, uh, largest company in the world. Uh, we had 30 agents on the case, and I was kind of like the lead agent. So it was a, math, uh, a massive audit that, that went on for, for many, many years. That got me to New York. Uh, yeah, this was all when I was based out of Houston, Texas. And so I had many, many trips almost every, every month. I was in New York at, at the corporate offices and, uh, it was a cool deal. And I say, instead of, I use this, it, it's a terrible word to use, but instead of the, the individual taxpayers, I'm kind of harassing the largest corporation in the world. The reality is that they were the ones harassing us because we were always outmanned with their legal staff. 
we were always behind the gun. So, but we were always talking about billions of dollars with a B instead of, you know, the average individual. So just a different, a different, uh, journey in life. And, and I actually took an early retirement, uh, in, uh, 1996. It's hard to believe. Uh, so this has been a journey, but me personally, I've always been interested in the resource sector, you know, going, going back into the, to, to the nineties and, uh, and, I've and, and through the years, of course, I've, 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 you know, been to, been to all the conferences. I know the players, I know Rick rule, you know, uh, Louis James, uh, you know, all of, all of these guys, we cross paths and uh, just a lot of a uh, lot of great experiences. Uh, Frank Holmes, I've visited with Frank uh, many times there at his office in San Antonio, Texas, which is where I was born and raised in San Antonio. And then most 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 of my work then ended up being at Houston with the big companies. But uh, so it's just really been fun for me. And and uh, to to wrap up where I'm at. So now uh, I mean I've always had the love for resource companies. Uh, but personally, I, I found the opportunity uh, 20, 20 plus years ago to actually move to Mexico. So most of my time is spent in Mexico now, uh, Lake Chapala area outside of Guadalajara. Uh, and uh, just many, many friends here. It's just a great place to, for me to call home. And it, it's worked out. But we've got we can get to the airport and, and Guadalajara in, in 30 minutes and get anywhere in the world that we need to be. Dudley, we should define a warrant too for those that aren't as familiar. Most listeners will already know what it is, but it is the right but not the obligation to purchase a share of a company at a certain price with a, within a certain time frame. And the warrant, unlike a, an option, is issued by the company in conjunction with a private placement as like a sweetener. So Private placements are sold as units, and some private placements come with a full warrant, some come with a half warrant, some come with a quarter warrant. So that's what a warrant is. And, you know, Dudley, how did you focus on this warrant? Because the I got into junior mining speculation because the inherent leverage that's already present in these stocks, but then the warrant gives you even more leverage. So you come from the IRS, which is, you know, that accounting background, which I, if I were to stereotype you, I would think, okay, you're going to be more conservative, but warrants are so highly leveraged. So what was the draw for you? Well, it is about the leverage and making, you know, a bigger bang for your, for your investment dollar. Literally, I go back, my knowledge goes back decades. Back when I was still working for the, I, I say the feds back in Houston, uh, I was aware of the, of Sidney Freed, who had uh, RHM uh, warrant survey way back in the 70s, 1970s, God, for your younger readership here, I would go over to the library in Houston and look at this service. And everything then was just hard copy. You know, it was almost before inter inter internet stuff. And so my knowledge goes all the way back into the 1970s. Now, I, and and I've got I've got a copy of all of Sidney Freed's works that he's done. Uh, he, he passed on somewhere in the early 1980s, but I've I've found copies of of all of his works. Uh, for anybody that visited just the homepage of my website, 
you'll see that I've got a copy of Sydney's original work. It's called The Speculative Merits of Common Stock Warrants. And, and so it, he actually started on, on this in 1949. The deal is, guys, nothing really has changed. It's still a lot of mathematics, but this is all simple stuff, you know, and, and in my database, I've got it all figured out for you. But it gives you an incredible knowledge and history base. And so I've got a copy of his original work right right on my site that you can download, as well as uh, a, a book that I did a year or so back, just uh, uh, the Stock Warrant Handbook, uh, which I did. So, but yeah, uh, Stock Warrant, it, it, the definition and everything is so similar to stock options. The, the big difference is that the warrants are actually issued by the company. Uh, as Bill said, is basically is a is an equity kicker to to get the deal done. I, I always say that probably, especially in the resource arena, probably every company in the resource arena probably has a stock warrant, but not all that many trade. It's up to the 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 company and their uh, you know. Uh, legal advisors, et cetera, that make the decision, do we or do we not want the stock warrant to trade? So it's an in-house decision. I wished it was mine. I'd have them all trading, but, but I don't have the, any input into this. So we, we have a, uh, a, a, I want to say a, a, a limited number, but yet it's enough that there's some really good names that of companies that have the warrants trading. So if it's trading, it's in our database. That's 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 the main thing. Dudley, what goes into the decision-making process of the management teams? Why, when a management team decides to have uh, their warrant trade, why would they do that, and why would another company not have the warrant trade? You know, it, it, I can put on a different hat and argue both sides of it. You know, uh, yeah, you could say, why would they want to warrant the trade? Because they would like the investors to be buying the common shares, instead of buying the warrants. None of, none of the, if you and I go out and buy warrants on, on let's just say Equinox Gold tomorrow, none, none of this money is going to the company's kitty. Uh, and, and so it's, it's not really helping the, the common shares or anything. So it's just a personal issue. Some of the, some of the, uh, the management, they just love the warrants. They want their warrants to trade. Uh, it just is a personal situation probably like like some of your readers here some will say gosh i'm just it sounds interesting but i just not interested in warrants and some of the management of the companies might just be the same way and some are really at it and some are not so i've just we we only <clears throat> you know we're only working in, in my database we we've got to uh we've got to have access to all the information and so you know i spend many hours every week just trying to make sure that we got the database up to speed and uh and so we got a lot of warrants in in the in in the canadian side that are the resource companies uh and uh of course nowadays in uh on the canadian side we've got a lot of the uh the cannabis companies that have got stock warrants that are trading. One of the things you do in your database is you determine whether it's overvalued, fair valued, or undervalued. Can you talk about how you value a warrant? Well, the way I do it is it's just, uh, it kind of gets back to how Sidney Freed kind of said. It, it's like, what if? 
what if the common stock doubles, goes up 100%? What is the warrant going to do? Now, and I'm looking at it, if, if so I've got a, a massive spreadsheet that, uh, every, uh, that in, in, in a database format that all gets updated uh, on a daily basis. And I can see if the common stock goes up 50%, 100%, 200%, 400%, what is the warrant going to do percentage wise? And I make this decision. So in my mind, sometimes if you get really far out of the money, uh, if the, the common stock, uh, you know, just throw out if an exercise price was say $4 and we were down to stock common stock had dropped down to a dollar. So even if the stock now doubles and goes to the $2, you know, the warrant still may not be a good deal. It, it may or may not be, depending on how much remaining life it is. So I, I will say it is uh, uh, it is somewhat subjective, that valuation that I put on it, whether I say it's overvalued or undervalued. I am always looking, when I personally buy a warrant, and this is always my, my guidance, is, is that I'm looking to make at least – if I want the common, if I think I'm, I'm going to make 100% on the common, I want the warrant to go up at least 200%. And in most kind of times, that's the minimum. I'm looking for two, three, four, five times performance out of the stock warrant than I am out of the common shares. And so if I say it's undervalued, then that may be a, a good gauge that it, there's, a, there's a big multiple potential to be made there. What's your biggest winner? Would you be willing to share? Oh gosh, uh, you know one that that still sticks in my mind uh, was only a few years ago in in terrible market environment, and that was on the Northern Dynasty. Uh, Northern Dynasty. Uh, this must have been two thousand fifteen. Uh, came out about mid year with a I had a private placement, but. It, the the warrant immediately started trading. It traded as low. It was a five year warrant, which is incredible. Uh, I, I was able to buy it. It's right at almost within a half a cent of the low. It's sixteen and a half cents. Uh, this was just uh, trying to. Uh, Trump got involved in this, and he was easing up on the environmental regulations, etc. You know. Uh, and so Northern Dynasty shares took off. And literally this warrant went from 16 and a half cents and I sold it for well over $3 all within seven months. I came in in July, I was out in the following January. And uh, so that was a, a couple of thousand percent gain in a really short period of time. Now, you say that's just lucky or whatever. We were in the right place, the right, the right company at the right moment. Uh, that warrant still trades today, and it's almost all the way back down. So it behooves all of us that we always have to keep our antenna up. You know, uh, we're all here to make money, and so if if we're fortunate, and and whether it's a common stock that we own that does well, or whether it's the warrant that does well. We have to, you know, take that money off the table 
And we have to personally make that decision because it's all about making money and we haven't made money until we've got it in our own bank account, you know, and we, we've closed out those positions. Dudley, when you're analyzing what uh, stock warrants you'll buy, like in the case you just mentioned with Northern Dynasty, there was something external to the company that helped the share price with Donald Trump being elected and the lessening of regulations, therefore they might get their permit for the the Pebble project. So that was in, I remember at the time also, there was a lot of promotion behind the stock. So talk about your fundamental analysis when you, because you're obviously going to look at catalysts because with warrants, you know, you have one year, two year, or maybe in rare, rarer circumstances, five years. So you're more time constrained when you buy a warrant. Talk about how you analyze the, the catalyst for the stock and what you want to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I still, on, on every company, I still want to see some serious participation by management, you know? I mean, you, you can have a, a little bitty XYZ gold, and maybe it just doesn't hit your hot button, you know? Maybe it does have a two-year life, and you think, wow. And it's always a chance that in a rip-roaring bull market, which I think you and I agree could be right in front of us, uh, it could be a lot of these little companies that are in our database are going to do really, really well. Uh, I can't be, I cannot be familiar with each and every one of them, but usually it, if it's in the, if it's in the gold or silver arena, I, I like to say, wow, well, wonder what, you know, what's the deal with this one? I just added a new one last night to the database, got a three year life, just started trading last Friday. Uh, now whether this is, is going to be a home run or not, I mean, who knows, but I like, I like it's in the gold space. It's got a three-year life. Uh, it could be bought for less than ten cents on the warrant, and you think, man, maybe this is going to be a, a, a real home run. Uh, so it's it's it, it's kind of t- market timing is so much of it. Let, let's face it; you could you could have the best company in the world, and they've got a stock warrant trading. But if if we've like this negative environment for the resource sector that we've been in for quite a few years with very, very few exceptions to the, uh, on good stories, it's been, it's been, uh, really challenging, let's say to, to make money, whether that's the common shares or whether that's stock one. So we just have to be realistic and it's all about the market timing. And I think right now we're, we finally are, are on the sweet side, I think of the market timing for resource investors. So it makes more sense now than, than it has in many years to be looking at these at these uh, stock warrants. You know, when it comes to timing, one of the things I always look at is silver because silver is so violent, both to the upside and the downside. And when I think we're coming near a bottoming, my go-to leverage play has been the long-term call options on First Majestic Silver. You know, maybe yeah. a, a two-year-out call option. That's typically what I purchase when I want to speculate on the silver price. Do you buy call options as well as warrants, or do you focus almost exclusively on warrants? I have not bought call options in, in many years. No, I guess I'm really focused on what I'm doing. So I'm either buying some of my own warrants, uh, I mean, that, that are trading, uh, or the common shares. Now, to bring that up, it's like I'd say anybody listening, I'm not saying put 100% of your money in stock warrants. This would be foolish for anybody. It'd be like saying put 100% of your money in in call options. That would be foolish. So, uh, you know, for the average person, I would say, you know, 10 to 20% probably max 
say if you if just for just a round off, you had a hundred thousand dollars, but you'd probably want no more than maybe twenty thousand in in the in the stock warrants that may be trading on some companies that you really like. So a lot of my portfolio is is in the the little mining companies also. Uh, and in some cases, I've got a position in the common shares as well as a position in the stock warrant. So that if something would happen that, say, the warrant would expire worthless, the clock ticks off on us, I've still got a position in the common shares that I'm going to, you know, if it doubles or triples, then I've covered my entire cost, even though I may have lost money on the, on those warrants. So I've got my own little built-in hedge on several of these positions. But I've just decided to kind of focus on what I'm doing. I spent a lot of time just in maintaining the database. And, uh, yeah, but just so everybody, everybody knows, Bill, so it's, I've kind of got it separated where we've got the Canadian database with all of Canadian warrants trading and, and now also all the, in a separate database, all of the U.S. stock warrants that are trading. So a lot of the biotechs and, uh, and pharmaceutical companies in the United States. Uh, so we've got uh, net, net hundreds of warrants, possibilities uh, that, that are there you know, for subscribers to see every every stock warrant that's trading in the United States and in Canada. But yeah, my hot button is is definitely the resource sector. Uh, my subscribers get to see exactly what I own, uh, whether that's the common shares or whether it's the warrants, I, I identify it all out. And uh, as I'm buying or selling uh, myself, uh, I send everybody an email so they know what what the heck I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And uh, so it's just it's just been a, a, a really cool journey. It's just a different way to, I want to say, play the markets. But what we do know is that it's, it's much, uh, the warrants always just trade for a fraction of the price of the common share. So, you know, you may, it, it may just be like one fourth of the price or something instead of buying common shares. You know, just just like buying the the call option, so it's it's much less than uh, you've got much less investment on the line. You're looking for the longest time horizon that you can possibly get, if it's it, and preferably that's two years or more of remaining life. You know, one of one of the companies that I've I've been on board with for a good while is the Grand Columbia Gold, and uh, their warrant. Uh, Gosh, this this April it will still have four years of remaining life, and that's in the money right now, isn't it? It is. It is deep into the money, but it's still going to basically go, you know, dollar for dollar, penny for penny, with the common shares. And and so I I, I like that story. I got in in the early uh, early days when it started trading. I think it was in the no, low 90 cent range uh, when it first came out. It was in the money when it actually came out. And so it's just been a, a great story. It's up in the $3 range right now. Uh, I still think that, you know, we, we've got a couple of hundred thousand ounces of production. they got cash in the bank. I mean, this was substantially higher metal prices. This is going to be a cash cow. But Dudley, for those that don't own this already, this one, because it's in the money, it's not going to give them the leverage, whereas most of the warrants you profile are out of the money. So there's the greater potential for higher percentage returns in the out-of-the-money warrants, correct? Well, de definitely, definitely. There, You might say, and, and with that comes uh, a little more risk. 
So yeah, this the safety factor with Grand Columbia is that it is in the money. Uh, the warrant will still go up. Yep, and and if we're fortunate, still going to be you know uh, 1.5 to two two times the performance of the common shares. But the real the real money is to be made that those are out of the money right now, and uh, uh, where we can actually get that 200, 300, 400, 500 percent. Uh, or let's say five times more than what the common stock is going to do. So, yeah, it and nobody knows the uh, the magnitude. I think I think we're convinced that there will be a, a big bull market right here in front of us. What the what the strength of that and 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 how high say gold's going to go, silver's going to go, uh, which company is going to perform the best? I mean, I I have a whole basket myself in my portfolio, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love all of them to basically perform well. I'd love everything I own to be a 10-bagger, and that's I always use that expression. So it's like if we, we can get fortunate and get 500 to 1,000%, uh, even if it's not on every position, I think that that possibility is here. But but you're definitely right. If, to find those that are out of the money uh, on a company that I always say you like, that our listeners like. You need to like that story yourself. Uh, you, I always say, if, if somebody's following me, that's great. But please do your own due diligence. You know, if you see Dudley owns Grand Columbia Gold, okay, well that's great. But you know, you take a look yourself and make sure you like that story. And uh, so we all have to, you know, sleep well at night, and you can be comfortable and, and all of this stuff, and look at the time horizon and, and how much uh, time is left on on the specific warrants. But uh, no, I just think uh, for me, this, this makes so much sense. Uh, I just happened to be back in 2004, I think it was, I was at a, a, one of the mining conferences in, in Las Vegas and uh, Frank Holmes uh, was on the podium and he mentioned stock warrants. And I thought, my God, it's been years since I've heard about stock warrants. And uh, I, I immediately started researching, and there was no service. And a few other uh, uh, Canadian buddies said, Dudley, you need to just do this yourself. Put together the database and everything, and, and I did. And we've greatly expanded this through the years. And uh, now I always attribute uh, Frank Holmes mentioning that on the podium. And, uh, and now I've had the opportunity to visit with Frank and his team in San Antonio on numerous occasions. And, uh, and he's behind Grand Columbia Gold, isn't he? Uh, I think he still has a really nice position. I, I don't know to what extent, and, uh, but I know through the years. And again, that, that's, that's another story that you may say it, it's all about market timing because you know, Grand Columbia Gold has now probably been around for, I don't know, let's brand it off 10 years or so. They've had warrants in the past uh, that have expired worthless. They have done one or two reverse stock splits through the years. It's cleaned up now. So now the timing is on our side as investors. Previous, a couple of years back, would have been a nightmare because the timing just was not right for this company. Now, and so that, that's kind of important with a lot of these little companies. You know, they just they, they raise money and then ro- do a rollback, raise money, do a rollback, raise money, do a rollback. And eventually some of them get it right. They actually get 
get where they can take this company into production. And now we got cash flow and Grand Columbia is just a great example of that. And, uh, and I think it's just going to be a great, uh, it's already been a great home run for a few hundred percent, but I still think there's a lot, a lot more bang for the buck coming. But yeah, a lot of these little ones, uh, I'd like to think that uh, a lot of the warrants that I personally own are going to be 10 baggers. Dudley, as we have been talking, this is speculation uh, versus investing. When you think about, as we kind of conclude here, when you think about the key traits, what would be like the three key traits of a successful speculator that you could share with my audience? Three key trades. Uh, What traits would you need to see in a person such as yourself that's going to be successful and make money at buying and trading warrants versus someone that wouldn't? Okay. 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 Yeah. No, it's, it's like, I, I think we just have to approach the, you know, these markets with, with common sense. We, and that's hard to even say common sense when it comes to the resource sector sometimes, right? It's like smaller speculative companies. So it's so, it is so important, <clears throat> important to look at the management. Who, who is the management team? Uh, does the management team have a, a, a nice position in the company? Uh, and, and so I, I look at that, number one, uh, anytime I hear, for me personally, when I hear the name of a new company or Joe Blow is recommending XYZ, I do two things. I know, number one, I go and look at the longest term chart I can get on that, on that company. Where has it been historically? And the second thing I do is I run all the insider activity. Uh, I personally subscribe to uh, IncResearch.com, which I don't know, probably $100 a month. I get access to hundreds and hundreds of companies and I, and I track them. And, and if, if, if the, any insider breeze, I get an email. If they buy or sell, I get an email as to what's happening. Me personally, I, I feel comfortable with that. It gives me knowledge for all of the companies that have stock warrants trading, uh, especially in the resource sector. If any officer is buying or selling, I get an email and I, and I can really keep up with what's happening uh, there. But I think it's, it's never put all your eggs in one basket. You know, that basket can look so damn good one day and the next day things just don't work out. So you, you, it, whether you, whether you have 5,000 or $10,000, you still have to take that in my mind and say, divide it by four at a minimum. The more money you have, if you've got, you know, 50,000 or a hundred thousand, I think you go up to, you know, six, eight, 10 positions. Uh, and, and with the full awareness that any one of those positions may disappear tomorrow, something just happens. So we've got to spread out our risk, but we still going to have enough money in these positions that if we get the 10 baggers, 500% or a 10 bagger, it's going to more than cover one or two losses. So I think we, we all have to uh, just diversify and do it ourselves in our own basket and so that it makes sense for us personally. That's excellent advice. The website, again, is commonstockwarrants.com. Go check it out. As Dudley mentioned, you can uh, sign up for the email list, and then you have access to download for free his book as well as two other books that deal with the topic of discussion from today's show. Dudley, it was a pleasure having you on Mining Stock Education today. Thank you very much for joining me. Good to be here, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.